This week on All Your Things Are Gone, we have Maria and Terry Christopher, uh, most notably and recently of the band 27, but we also talk about uh, the Dirt Merchants. Maria was in the Dirt Merchants back in the 90s, and I totally spaced on that, so I look like a pretty big moron, which I'm pretty used to at this point. We talk about touring and recording, uh, their recent show, or not so recent, I guess at this point, out in L.A. for Caleb. I knew Terry back in the Newbury Comics days. She, she works in the office there, still does work in the office. Uh, so she was nice enough to come by with her sister and uh, talk about a couple things. I appreciate it. Uh, this is All Your Things Are Gone. The shelves and there's some padding in there, but I went by there the other day to see... Uh, I saw the swirlies. Oh, what? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, so. In there? Okay. No, 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 it's Sinclair. They were playing with some oh. band called Nothing, which oh, okay. I, who I've never heard of mm-hmm. until then. Oh my god, I had no idea that they were... I mean, he, Damon, actually, I was supposed to, I did an interview with Shauna here that day, uh, Shauna Carmody, and then uh, I went over there because I was going to interview Damon, and then it didn't happen, but uh, he, he lives in, like, Norway now or some oh, shit. wow. Yeah, he just comes over here to, to do tours, it's and that's it. kind of awesome. Yeah, pretty rad. I had no idea that was funny. This is fun. That's crazy. This is fun. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so you just got back from L.A.? Mm-hmm. What were you doing out there? Playing the um, benefit for Caleb Schofield's family. Yep. Um, so there was an East Coast benefit in June, and the West Coast uh, show featured an ISIS reunion going under the name Celestial. Um, they don't want to use that name anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, <laughs> it's kind of reintroducing itself because I think, you know, the... I don't know. They're just kind of trying to reclaim it, I guess. But sure. Uh, but they're formerly known as ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, huge community vibe going out there, and it was just unbelievable. Lots of love in that room. Yeah. Well, how did you guys get asked to play? Just because you know those guys. You were you have a history with yeah, we, playing with ISIS. So. Twenty Seven has played has toured with ISIS uh, a ton, and mm-hmm. I don't know. We sort of. Seems well. Adam plays with the band too now. Yeah. Seven. Yes. With Twenty Seven now, so um, there's just that sort of family connection, and that's you know we were completely you know honored to be asked to play it, and it was it was a really beautiful thing. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was it sold out as well? Yes. Wow. Oh, your mic is sinking really, really fast. Um, yeah. People came in from. All over the world, really, you know. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think Who else played? So, wow, how were they? Um, great. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're in the middle of recording a record, so they really, you know, they worked hard to make it, you know, for that show, because when you're recording, it's hard to take time, learn a bunch of songs that you, you know, yep. played a ton, but you, you're, you know, you have to be prepared to play them live again, and, um... So they took a break to do that and played a second show the following night, uh, just since they were in playing live mode. Damn. Yeah. And now they're back to finishing up the record. But they were great. They were, you know. So you guys recently just started playing again. Has it been recent? I feel like it's yes. been recent. Yeah. Well, because also we have been recording, but it's, it's been taking a, an extremely long time to finish up 
doing it yourself instead of having set studio time where it's like, right. oh, three days, I get everything done. Mm -hmm. So just bits and pieces. So this is different than you've done it before? Um, no, we, well, we've done it different ways. We've sometimes, we've recorded stuff ourselves. We've also worked with other people like Matt Bayless recorded a bunch of our, uh, from our previous record. But um, it's just also we had a number of songs and then we kept writing additional songs. Now with Adam, it's, you know, it's, it's, has its own energy with him, and, and so we're using that. We sort of, I guess, took extra time to be able to incorporate those songs into the new record and, and actually axed some songs so that there's a more cohesive vibe for the whole. Because you have different people coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, you know, there are a number of songs that were started before Adam joined, so now that he's in it, there's, I guess it's more, the songs will connect better rather than a, a, a number of random songs that don't have anything to do, anything to do with it. Because they were written over a period yeah. of like a year or two More years. than that, yeah. a few years. Yeah. 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 So. So, so it's a full band now? Like yeah. four piece? Yes. Yeah, cool. Who else is in it? Um, A.L. Naor. Right. Um, and founding member. Yeah, and uh, of so, Spore fame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish he was here to talk about I wanna, the I'd Spore like to, era. Yeah. I'd like to talk to him. I want to talk to Mona. Uh, I stole the name of the podcast. Yeah, from, it's so from funny Mona. because I asked Spotify to play this podcast, and then they started playing Victory. You know. Yeah. Or asked Alexa actually. <laughs> yeah, and she came up with a Victory at Sea. So I was like, oh. I yeah, I bugged her for a while. Yeah. So she finally conceded. Oh, <laughs> I was wondering about that. Uh, I try, I want to get her on here, but she's you know she lives in Vermont and tough to get a hold of her sometimes. Yeah. So. But thank you for coming. I oh, appreciate sure. it. Thanks for having After us. having traveled. Yeah. It was good to have, like, be like, okay, I have something on my schedule. Set the alarm. Get out. Yeah. Take a shower. <laughs> go to the gym. We actually just came yeah. from the gym. We're going to go see our dad. Gym? Yeah. <laughs> no. Seeing those people out on the river makes me want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> and, the rowers? This and, yeah, the rowers and the traffic mm -hmm. pisses me off. Yeah. I forgot to, like, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, same with us. I thought we missed it during our trip. Yeah. Here it is. I... I don't, I mean, I come to the city every week, but I haven't lived here for four years, right. so I don't think about that. You're crap. like off route two now, right? Yeah. yeah, I live out like yeah, off route two, mm -hmm. northern Massachusetts, like mm -hmm. above Worcester, so I don't think about that crap anymore. Right. I don't, right. I don't think about traffic, huh. especially on a Sunday. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're that much closer to Vermont, though, so. Yeah, I like that. Nice. In That's Western true. Mass. Mm-hmm. Not me. Well, yeah, but. Right. Um, so how long have you been recording the record? And are you so you're doing it all by yourself? I like are you yeah, doing it? Yeah, we 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 toyed with the idea of maybe finishing out the last three songs with someone else, but I don't. I think we are at the point now. We just want to finish it and get it out, and then maybe the next batch of songs we'll record with someone else. But it's been at least a couple of years just you know, in the making. Mm -hmm. So and when we get asked to play the show, we're like, let's start practicing right away. So you know. Given that we all have different schedules and travel, we sort of put everything aside, tried to come up with a set as early as we could so we could just keep playing the set for the show, and that was kind of... Had you guys been playing, like, as a band, or was it more like you guys were just recording things piece by piece? It was just little little bits of stuff, because there was, there was no huge, like, um, pressure to get anything specific done other than recording, so 
um, we we played like a show a year kind of thing, and mm -hmm. then do a little bit of recording mm -hmm. here and there. Yeah, we would take chunks of time and space, recording jams, and then those would often turn into oh now we have another song let's right. try to work on that. So the record or the the record sort of the record has been morphing, you know, from the stuff we started working on a couple of years ago to the more recent stuff we had created out of jams. Mm -hmm. and so. Um, yeah, so that's why it's sort of been, it's sort of been, you know, sort of a meandering yeah. project. Yeah, just, or not meandering, but just sort of, it, it's growing in some ways, and then just, when it grows, it's, it just takes longer. Yeah. Are you happier with it? Are you happier with this process, too, Yeah, as well? no, well, the process I would like for the record to be done. Yeah. <laughs> no. And you have enough, you think you have enough material for, like, another? We do, yeah, we do. Yeah, crazy. We do. It's yeah. just, you know, the when we start writing newer songs, we're like, oh, well, maybe this is a better song to focus on, and maybe we won't continue to work on that other song, because if there's a song that's been a struggle to mm -hmm. try to complete, like, well, maybe it's just not happening. You know, maybe we're trying to force something that should be happening more organically. I mean, there's, yes, you have to put effort into it, but if there's not, like, an energy that's helping it move along, then... Sometimes we just put it aside, and I think we've done that with a number of songs for this record. I don't know if you feel that same way entirely, but this, um, I feel like there are a number of things we worked on and started to do ex extra guitars on. And I think it just we kept changing the format. Yeah, we re rethink. We've had time to re like rethink certain things. But now that we've actually like played these songs live, <laughs> I'm sure they'd be even better than how we recorded them. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We're not going to re-record. I think we're just going to let them be as they were and then move on to Plus, we had a couple of opportunities to have uh, singles put out by, oh, that's true, by other labels. So having had some stuff recorded, you know, something that may have ended up on the record, we pushed toward, um, you know, right. single release. Um, so where is it going to go now? So um, the last record was on, I can't remember. Um, well, who's, are you going to put it out on the labels then? Uh, well... Um, we talked with Mind Over Matter Records. They might be putting it out. Um, I, it's not definite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like that's where it's going. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put any. No, that's on. all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we can cut that out. <laughs> everything, everything can be cut out. Oh, we're we recording. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> I'm moving this a little closer to y'all because my voice is. Cool. So I mean, how do you, did when you started it? When you started to do them live, did they change a lot the songs? Um, tried not changing things. We didn't change. We didn't intentionally change anything. Yeah. But the energy. Well, like when you're recording and things are new, they're what they are. But once you get comfortable with the song, yeah, mm -hmm. you just start having more life and more parts that we might not have thought of. Not parts, but more. Uh, just the way dynamics, yeah, dynamics. So like, sure. I, I find you usually have to pare things down, obviously from recording to live. Generally, it was that the, that wasn't the case at all. We didn't have a lot of um, stuff that wasn't transferable to like a live scenario, mm -hmm. like um, like not a ton of samples on the songs as they were written. It was doing a lot of bass versus focusing on uh, samples like he had in other on other records. Mm -hmm. um, but you know. We're able to sneak some in for the live show, so he's got he's got different sets of equipment to, you know, to add to a live set if 
he wants to do a ton of samples or just like not worry about it too much but have have something between songs or whatever yeah. which is cool and having the samples is great i think we all love it mm. but it's also very time consuming to set up and to make sure everything works right so and we didn't want to do that for those last couple of shows that we played right. just it's um we want it to be efficient yeah <laughs> certainly makes you unique for sure the yeah. samples definitely yeah. i think yeah. people think they don't think of you they don't lump you into the same you know bin as a, like you know other bands from from that era and stuff like that so it, even like isis who i think did started doing samples towards the end right mm -hmm. even. absolutely um so you so that it was sold as the show was sold out um did you you, you played other shows while you were out there or, no, or okay. no, but you've played other places what, recently we just we did um uh show at the plow a couple of weeks oh that's right i almost forgot about that. yeah it was just a normal show yes yeah, really yeah yeah damn <laughs> it was a small place yeah it was perfect really yeah it was 10 o'clock on a sunday night so you know, Sunday night shows aren't bad. Yeah, Adam opened up for us, so yep. yeah. <laughs> amazing job. Yeah. He stole the opening slot. Yeah. It's um, perfect. It was it was good to just bring the equipment out of the space, set it up, just go through everything, figure out you know where we might realize you need to keep an eye on where your capo is. That's yeah. the main thing we got from that. <laughs> that is smart though to especially if you haven't played out in a long time to have like a dry run. Yeah. Well, I guess. More we less. call it our waffle show. Can I explain that? Every time, sure. Every time we do like a little tour, it's like, you know when you have a waffle iron and you take it out of the cupboard and it's, you cleaned it when you were done using it, but then you don't want to, when you pour the batter and you don't want to eat that first waffle, it kind of pulls all the lint out. And Jessie gets mad at me because I don't clean. She makes the waffles and she tells me to clean it and I go, all right. And I just kind of like brush it off, yeah, yeah, yeah. shove it back, and yes, she gets all. Next time it comes out. Yeah, it's her. It's, it's her the responsibility. Waffle show. That's the, <laughs> the first show. waffle. That's yeah. the show. The first show of a tour or something. Yeah. And of course, if someone does a warm up show, that first waffle is what that is. So will you guys? We all tour, for this. You think? It'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I. It's. I think it's something we'd be interested in doing. Yeah. How many extensive tours? LA, have you done extensive tours? As the band? I joined, in, they'd already done a billion tours, but when they were doing the ISIS 10th anniversary tour in 2007, they didn't have a drummer at the time, and Maria and I had sort of jammed over the years here and there, but we had never officially done a band together, so mm -hmm. they asked me if, they, if I wanted to do the tour. So um, I got ready, and we practiced for months, and then, were you, were you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> chair no, oh. <laughs> ready and we did a week of about a week of east coast shows for that a week of west coast shows and that was you know probably the real, real touring first real touring i had done it was, yeah terry gets to like hop on a plane to go on tour and so i know <laughs> driving across the yeah, country yeah. this is our Fucking introduction to tour yeah. in hotels yeah. yeah but um because you guys were done sleeping on floors, so I joined it a good time. <laughs> right. Hotels instead of floors yeah. or couches. Right. Moving on up. Bands. Uh, yeah. And then the end of 2007, uh, Minus the Bear asked 27 to open for them for a UK tour. Yeah. So we were kind of ready. Um, yeah, it was a good time. So we went over there. It was freezing. But the... Where, where was this? Uh, in the UK. Okay. End of 2007. Um, and... 
there was a band, um, was it I Was a Cub Scout, IWAX, uh, that was supposed to be the second band. They dropped off, so then it ended up being Us and Minus the Bear, which was right. really cushy. Um, and that was a blast. And came home, and then a year later we did um, some more shows with Minus the Bear in the South, like uh, Florida, um, all the way through New Mexico, right? Arizona? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, that was it for our mega touring for me yeah. <laughs> until until I did Phantom Blue, a little bit of that. But um, So Phantom Blue was after that? The to- Yeah, I toured with them in 2009. Okay. So Were you playing with them previously? I was doing both, like 27 and yeah. Phantom Blue. We're, we were Angels of Meth at one point, and then... I remember, yeah. yeah. I kind of love that name, but... Um, there was <laughs> Why another, did you change it? There was another one. Oh, there was really? another Angels of Meth, I think, in Kentucky, so... Yeah, was that a book or something? Um, no, there's Angel of Death, Slayer, but... Um, no, it's a pretty sweet name, though. Yeah. I never got Phantom Blue. I like the record though. It yeah, <laughs> it got um I think it was a, a name uh something out of a poem that was at the Decordova. I think Matt was working at the Decordova, and there was something I forget the uh, author, but it was something from a poem that he plucked out. Was he the bass player in that band? Matt played guitar and yeah, sang, okay. and Nick Wolf was the bass player. Nick Wolf, yeah, I remember him. Do we have a couple bass players? Um, oh yeah, Will Ball, Will Ball was the founding member, bass player, and then Nick was. The only one after him. Mm-hmm. Do you still see Nick? I think I saw him doing sound somewhere. Yeah. He's. Where. I still see him around town. Yeah. On Instagram, he's got leopard print taser. Um, it's a new band he has. All right. Um, which I haven't seen yet, but um, I think they're they're doing a bunch of shows, so maybe even toured a bit. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I think he's keeping busy. So I mean, do you do you prefer? Uh, the U.S. tour, or would you, did the, was the U.K., do you like U.K. better? Personally, um, I prefer touring the U.K. I mean, we've always had a great reception in the U.K., but also traveling. When you're touring the U.S., you have long-distance drives. Mm-hmm. And um, being in a van for a long time is not the most fun. No. Right. So in the U.K., you can get from one city to the next pretty quickly. Um, and... I feel like in, in Europe, for us, uh, our experience has been, audiences have always been more receptive. Yeah. And they feed you nicely. <laughs> yeah, so there's such a difference in the way they treat artists over there. Why do you think that is? Um, not sure. I have no idea. Because, I mean, there's, obviously I've talked to a lot of people who say this exact same thing. Uh, more appreciation I think, of... I think there's more appreciation of the arts in general. Yeah. Often they're supported by the government, you know, subsidized. Um, that's, I don't know if that's part of it. Uh, I, you know, it's, I don't know if people are just spoiled here and just used to, you know, being able to see lots of bands at any time. You know, I don't know. Well, Proximity yeah. of the cities, they can hop, hop around a little bit better to see, like, a tour or a mm-hmm. band in a different city. Whereas here, you know... Not very often we want to travel to, you know, see something that's too far. Yeah, I, I think especially in Massachusetts, for sure. Yeah. People, mm-hmm. if anything's out, like, either 20 minutes out of the city, people don't want to fucking go anywhere. Right, right. I don't, I don't know why that is, right. but 
seems and it's always been that way ever since like, I can remember. Even when I was a kid, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go into the city to see a band. They're like, really? Yeah. How long does that take you? I'm like, I don't know, an hour? That's too long. <laughs> it is, yeah. I don't know. I mean I live I live an hour away. It took me an hour to get here. Okay. And it took me an hour to get home. And I do that every week. Oh. To play in this shitty band. Mm-hmm. So, um, if it's worth it enough, why not? Right. And what else are you gonna do? Right. I mean, I'm 40 now, so it doesn't matter as much yeah. <laughs> right. as it used to, it's but... For the fun of it. Yeah. So, uh, at, at your... Sorry. At your show, was it, was it a good turnout? I mean, I, I don't suppose you had a lot of time to tell people. At uh, the, the, the show, and the, the waffle time. show. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, it was a Sunday night. We had, what did someone say, very... Uh, Quality, quality fans. Quality it audience. It was yeah. a quality audience, not a quantity. Audience. Yeah. It was a very, yeah. well, a handful high of quality audience. Yes. Yeah. We would recommend them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Five star. Five star. Yes. Or the, 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 the fans yeah. or the club? The fans. It's oh, the club, too. Yeah. They've always been very nice. I mean, I've played there with my old band, too. They've always been very, just very laid back. And we well, all live and in excited to have us yeah. play, which was nice, you know? The commute there was great. <laughs> the commute. Yeah. And the parking. Parking. Got a yes, five star yeah. for the parking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would recommend. Yeah. You all live in Cambridge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you also practice in Cambridge? Um, I, I have a space here. Oh, you do? 27 has their own space in Cambridge. There. There. We yeah. have, no, we have a space. Um, well, yeah, we have a space at... Uh, it's very secret convenient. highway. Yeah, secret yeah. highway space. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't I think there's any space no, left in just, Cambridge. It's uh, it's at a store. Yeah, it's at a store, but yeah. they don't know. No. No, <laughs> it's kind of you know we're lucky to have it. We don't want to uh, blow it, so we'll just leave it at that. That's all right. Well, uh, so what was your previous band? Dirt Merchants. Oh shit. Mm. Damn. I should have known that. I still watch that Fucking videos. Asshole. I go to YouTube. <laughs> What's I don't know how many times I put, put bottle caps under my strings. Trying to ah, do that. that's so cute. When I was a kid. That happened because we had practiced and I was, it was like just a night. I just was super sick. I was coming down with some flu or something and I was just sitting down and everyone was, the guys were just like, you know, were trying to think of what to play and I just, just not thinking. I was just kind of feverish and just put the bottle cap in my strings and just started playing this little chiny thing and turned it into a song. So. Take advantage of when you have a fever. <laughs> it's a great record. I love that record. Thanks. Shit. Thanks. I'm an asshole. Anyway, <laughs> uh, how long did you guys tour for that? I mean, how long were you guys together? Um, we started, will you join them? I would say like six years, I think. Didn't you join? They were looking for a singer in like the <clears throat> Phoenix. Yeah, I, I answered an ad in the Phoenix yeah. because I'd been looking to try to find people to play with and I just didn't know how to, like, what do you do? So I, their influences were like Sonic Youth and the Pixies and Yeah Young. Like, sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. So I made a little demo recording on a cassette, playing my guitar and doing like a punky version of Like a Hurricane and play oh, it for them. instead of auditioning. I'm like, oh, I'll just record that and play it for them in their at their apartment. I played that and I was just like, okay. <laughs> nice. So it's Did they already have a deal with that? Was that on A and M? No, we ended up signing to a small label first called Zero Hour in mm-hmm. New York, 
And then um, after that, uh, we went to Epic Sony. That was yeah. from playing South by Southwest, right? Yeah, yeah, we played South by Southwest, and it was a really good turnout. It was, I don't know, just the right time at the right place. Mm -hmm. You won the Rumble before that, though, right? Yeah. Who else was in the Rumble? Um, 606. Or with uh, we toured with um, Dan Hilders and uh, we did a tour with them. That's right. That was a shorter one. Okay. But we did a, a tour with a band called Fig Dish. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we did a lot of tours on our own as well. And those never really got over very well. No. Lots of bowling. Bowling. We had always days off in between pizza and bowling. That's like what I remember from touring with Dirty. <laughs> Seriously. And Taco Bell. <laughs> That's what I remember. No, we had good times, though. We always yeah. enjoyed each other's company. And... and then you put out one more record. It was like that blue. I think it was in a paper case. Swiss Bank EP. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That one we put out. Um, that was in between our first. That was like. After the Zero Hour record, and it's called—it's uh, funny. Apnea, I'm saying as a title there, and one of the songs, oh, "Love Apnea," was on yep. the actual song. But um, Swiss Bank was the name of the EP that we put out. And uh, yeah, we—I you know, still see those guys sometimes. Yeah. We played a couple of reunions. I was like, "Come on, we're gonna do a reunion show," but we did, and it was awesome. Where was this? 
We did um, one, we did one at the Plow. Mm -hmm. We did one for the Boston Pipeline, Pipeline of Virginia, something like that. Mm -hmm. we did oh, you were on that compilation, weren't you? Like the Pipeline Comp, I think. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, thank you. We were. Yeah, live. There was a live yep. compilation. Mm -hmm. Yes, we did that. Um, and then um, we played a show in New York, and another one in New Jersey. So yeah, we played four shows. Mm -hmm. But when was this? Um, over the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see them. <laughs> I, I know, because I never saw you. I was. A little too young to go at the time. Well, it might happen again. Oh, you know. <laughs> no, I love those guys, and it's always fun to get together with them. We, we Have they done anything else? Or were um, they anything actually, else? Mike Malone, who is a guitarist, he does a blues thing under the name Gordon Allen. So he's the one doing, he's pursuing it, you know, pretty regularly. He, he plays out a ton. Yeah. He's always playing out. And he comes here from time to time as well. He's great. He's just so super. He's a shredder. Super shredder. Just naturally gifted. Mm -hmm. And he loves playing, so it's, yeah, it's in, so. so what are the plans? <clears throat> oh, we're decompressing from the, sh the build up to the show and trying to just get that right. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, once, uh, once Ale, Ale is, uh, helps on the garment district and they have Halloween. I don't know when this show is this might be out. This is probably not gonna be up for a while. Okay, okay. Anyway. Um as soon as like in a couple of weeks we're gonna get back to finishing the record. Yeah. And then once that happens, time it takes time, you know, we have to hopefully find someone who can do some art for us because that's one thing I don't wanna DIY this time. Mm -hmm. Um it's always nice to have external input or even, you know we've actually had uh, Dan Carthy, we do some stuff. Cool. He's amazing. Um, he's done some stuff for a band that I was in. Oh, yeah? yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I knew him from, like, the pizza days and oh, right. the um, wa uh, Watertown house days. We were oh, talking about pizza when we were in L.A. with, like, um, Aaron Harris. And, oh, really? Yeah, all those guys. From, like, he was in Loga. So. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah so. I talked to Dale. Oh, okay, couple, cool. uh, he, Dale's, I think, is the next episode coming out. He was, nice. he was in Lynx. Yep. Um, yeah, and I, I talked to Scott, who mm -hmm. was in Pizza. Oh, cool. He was the second interview, so. I talked to all those guys, because I used to live with all of them in Watertown. Oh, nice. For, like, a long time, before oh. the house burned down. Yeah. Um, so you were in the house uh, that Alan lived in, right? Oh. Uh, Dave Norton. Oh, Dave did, okay. Yeah. Who okay. was also in Victory, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That house was great. Oh. It was, like, the closest thing to the... A rocket house in Louisville that I've ever lived in. It was awesome. Oh, wow. Everyone just played music all the time, mm -hmm. and we and we could play till whenever. Yeah. When we were all in our twenties. So. That's what it was like when, when Maria and I started. When I moved to the city, and she was taking me to shows, and she was friends with the guys in Clem Snide, and um, and we would go to their house. They would have all night parties, oh practice in the basement, and that's how I got my first band, Sumac. Not to be confused with the. Yeah. New band Sumac, which is great, but um, but yeah, that was sort of our start with like hanging out with together and yeah, mm -hmm. jamming with musicians or just we're just dancing watching to Beastie Boys like yeah. all night until <laughs> five in the morning. Right. Yeah. Is there a band from that era that y'all remember? That I mean, the the whole idea behind this podcast was to try to right. not forget. Clem's not a band. Yeah. 
they were a huge part of our like beginning social yeah, circle then. Sebado yeah. um, was huge for me, and then you know I went into all the math rock and touch and go and you know little little bands and mm-hmm. um, shellac, shellac, yes, yep. And the the whole lounge axe EP. Did you ever have that? Yeah. Or was it an EP or whatever? Yeah, it had a whole bunch of. Jesus Lizard. Yeah. Forty four. Like everything. Tortoise on there was, was on great. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our, yeah, the band our band is named after the, the song, the June forty four song in there. Oh wow, awesome! Yeah, uh, cool. huh. <laughs> Rodan, of course. Love me some Rodan. Yep. And Bob Weston who recorded that. So that was I wanted to move to Chicago really bad because of the the whole touch and go thing at the time. But um, I was like, well, it's cold there. It's cold here. Dale talks about he he goes Links moved to Chicago like right after they recorded well before they recorded their record and he 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 had a bad experience he's like and then the whole band it's just imploded mm-hmm. kind of more or less like on tour but the town itself he said just ruined them I mean it's a big town mm-hmm. Boston's so tiny mm-hmm. you know and they were a big deal here for a brief amount of time right. <laughs> going to Going to Chicago, where I think there is so much of that same type of music. I mean, that's where that music came from. I think, more or less, you're gonna get swallowed up pretty yeah. easily. Mm-hmm. So that's they imploded pretty much right after that. Oh, that's which, is, which is too bad. Yeah. Um, uh, any other bands that you think can think from that era that you really um, don't want to forget? Like, for instance, Smackdown. Yeah. Well, before that, Volta Volta was the one that I probably ruined my eardrums. It was like goes, you know, stupidly. This is before I was playing bands, and I'd go stand up front right next to the speaker without earplugs, and Mm -hmm. I was like, "What idiot!" (laughs) I think I'm still suffering. Where did you see them? At Bun Raddies. Yeah. Wow. Bun Raddies was Bun Raddies. Yeah. I mean, they were just I don't know something about them just. Seeing them over and over. Um, I remember that one record with Xfire on it. The first song I think was called Xfire. It was on Tang. I forget what record it is. Um, <clears throat> what other clubs do you remember that have disappeared? Well, the channel. My, Maria took me to one of my first like shows where it was just like it was all smoky and all these like stoic tall silhouettes that I couldn't see over, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Green Magnet uh, School, I remember one. Yeah, Green Magnet yeah. School's great. Well, I loved Spore, too, though. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know I have to say that, but I'm not saying Spore. <laughs> I'm not saying because I have to say mm-hmm. it. I really felt influenced by them. That EP is great. The, is it eight, eight songs? I think the Fear God EP or whatever it is. I love that. Yeah. 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 The record I wasn't that into, but that first EP is great. Um, Try to cover that song. Almost impossible. (laughs) Because they just keep on going with that same rhythm for like, I don't know, a minute at a time or 30 seconds at a time. It's impossible to count how many times they do it. Bob Evans was a cool band. Oh, yeah. I got a little obsessed with Buffalo Tom early on. Um, And then the Six Figure Satellite drummer was somebody I always had to like. I just remember it's like all about watching great drummers because I was trying to find my way, like mm-hmm. learning drums and all that. Yeah. But uh, it was before they got huge. And I lost track of them. They got huge. And, That's stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, go to Bonnie Rodney, you can see uh, Six Finger Satellite. Bonnie, the drummer of Smack Mellon, was great, not to keep going back to that, but I would just seriously focus on the drummers, I don't, and Eric Paul from Clemson. Oh, Eric, Eric he's just he's amazing. Yeah. Also a natural mm-hmm. musician, play anything. And yeah, anybody who made it look easy, it would be like something I needed to watch, but something that was frustrating. Like, how, do they, how do they get to that point where they're, they look like they're really enjoying what they're playing, you know? How long have you been playing drums at this point? Um, since I think I started in 92, when mm-hmm. Maria got my family to buy me a kit, and um, which was a, a nice way to sort of, I mean, 92 is a, a really perfect time to start playing music. So there's so much great stuff happening. Like Dave Grohl was my idol, so that my kit is modeled after like you know maybe not the sizes, kit. but yeah, just well, I was like I don't need two rack toms, you know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but just most importantly, it was like when I started to play with people, um, that's how I learned. I took lessons for a little bit, like mm-hmm. maybe every few weeks. Um, Quincy, Quincy Mass. Where'd you all? Did you all grow up there? Uh, no, uh, Central Mass. Yeah. Yep. Where? Shrewsbury. Oh shit. Yeah. I grew up in Upton. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just there yesterday. Shrewsbury. Born in Worcester, right? Worcester. I was born in Worcester. I I lived there for baby, baby year. Oh, that's right. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, we moved there. And we grew up right next to, well, actually, in our second house in Shrewsbury. Right next door to Michael Bigley. Michael Bigley. Yeah, Michael Bigley. Yeah. Michael. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Right you, next door. How old was he? He was, well, when he, when they moved in next to us, um, his mom was pregnant with him. Oh, shit. And I was, like, really little. I was friends with his sisters. And uh, he would just waddle around in his diaper after he was born, <laughs> singing Tide is High. And, uh, yeah. So he was, he was littler than me, but... Um, but yeah, I was friends with the sisters. I'd go over and watch the Muppets over there on what Sunday nights, and they'd, I'd go to ice cream with them. And they would have a fruit truck come around. You know, people have like uh, ice cream trucks. Yeah. They got if there was a fruit truck, and it was crazy. Like, pretty expensive, but so we didn't remember that stuff at all. I I remember it just being pricey. But the cherries were really good. <laughs> so um, yeah, Michael Bigley was our neighbor. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah. there a Worcester scene there? Did you ever, or were you guys gone by after that point? We left, yeah, after we left, um, there was this, the space. Did you ever go to yeah, space? Yeah, I played yeah. the space a couple times. I played mm-hmm. there with Lynx. I said you in 44 there once. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. Um, it was the Worc- Worcester Artist Group. Yeah, Worcester mm-hmm. Artist Group. Way. Um, bring yep. a can, you bring a can of beans, and you oh, get it like right. a dollar off or like half price or whatever. That's right, I do remember that. Yeah. Well, first it was at a different location, which was kind of really difficult to get to. I don't know if it was an investor or something. Do you remember? Yes, I remember that. Yep. Then they moved to like the meatpacking district of Worcester. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is, is some Green Street or I don't, I don't know what street it was, but that sounds about right. Yeah. So that that scene, and then there was Ralph's Diner, which had She's still there. Yeah. Yep. For um, past the other day. Yeah. Bands still playing there. I don't think as much, oh, but really? bands, yeah, still do play there. Uh, I don't. I can't remember the last band that played there that I actually knew, but or looked at the schedule or whatever but yeah I, I think mostly on the weekends mm-hmm. which I think a lot of cl- clubs have been relegated to mm-hmm. just doing weekend shows which kind of again more or less what we're trying to talk about here is like how clubs are just being just disappear mm-hmm. uh, can't add lounge closed like um, two months ago oh no way yeah yeah well what's interesting is that you know having toured across the US 
there were a number of shows that weren't even in venues. They were just in people's basements or just those could be the best ones. Yeah, or or in a church. You know, mm -hmm. it's like one of the best shows that Twenty Seven ever played was in the basement of a church. It was oh just yeah. Like, yeah, it was in Plattsburgh, New York. Um, I think that's. I think that's if my memory serves me well. But I think that's where it was. Um, and then other just like based house shows in in Michigan or Ohio and those are often the best shows I mean, and it's funny I've always found that the shows that you think are going to be amazing end up to be oh yeah they're okay but those shows that you're like oh god what are you getting ourselves into those are often the most memorable just good vibe shows because mm -hmm. people are really excited to have music and play in their small town and you know, I wish that happened around here. Yeah. I think, uh, from what I gather, a lot of the basement shows that happen around here, because I played basement shows when in like the '90s or whatever, and they were fine. They were okay, but now I think that for a while there, there was a pretty big circuit happening around here in the last ten years, and then suddenly the cops joined Facebook oh, and just and. and <laughs> put the kibosh on them pretty pretty quickly so I think that whole circuit's kind of disappeared right. especially in town mm -hmm. at least circuit. yeah right circuit. Facebook our own basement book <laughs> Facebook <laughs> um, so as far as the record goes are, are you you say you're recording yourself how are you doing is it all just computer or are you doing any in space. Yeah, it's all no tape. Um, yeah. uh, we have rehearsal space that we have mics and everything set up mm -hmm. on the drums, on the amps, and then sometimes the overdubs we'll just bring to someone's house and we'll just set up the we'll go to your house. We'll go to my place or you know did we do anything in your place? Oh, I think for something else we did. We recorded something like that. Adam, yeah, sometimes does his own overdubs, yeah, this stuff in the house. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's how we've been doing it, sort of, when we have time, we'll fit it in and, and start putting things together. So that's, we're hoping in a couple of weeks, um, we'll, we'll get back to finishing that up. When you go in, do you have like a, this is what we're going to accomplish today kind of um, thing, or is it? When we finish the last batch of like the, you know, doing drums and uh, bass and just the basics, um, we, we have set goal, you know, let's play this a bunch of times. If we have a great tape, we'll use that for the record. If not, we'll just come back again and do it next time. And so it, there wasn't like a complete pressure, like, oh my God, I, you know, I can't mess up. It was just sort of more relaxed, which is one benefit of being able to do it yourselves. Of course, you don't get to get it out as quickly, but you have a little more control of, of your performance and, and not worrying about, like, you know, I have to be spot on in this, you know, a lot of it is tough, especially, I, I mean, I, recording, I'm not good at it. <laughs> no, I get, I get very nervous. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I'm letting people down. It's a lot of pressure. It is. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. And it's always been like that. The last recording is probably the best experience. I mean, we went got through like two takes and I fucked up pretty drastically. And then I just drank a beer and I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the best experience I've ever had, the most relaxed. And it, uh, it's not like it's not like this, not like your experience, but closer. I mean, it was over a four-day period, but we were in like in somebody's house, and it was pretty relaxed. 
Uh, Michael Hodgson, do you know him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did it. Oh, cool. And he was a great producer. Uh, ne I've never worked with someone who, like, actually took the time to be like, well, what if he did it this way? Or, you know, that I think you can do better than that. Right, right. Kind of and he did that? He did that. That's amazing. It is. That's so cool. And we definitely, like, didn't hire him to do that. He mm -hmm. just... I think just naturally did it. And it was and the record. The record sounds way better than it has any business being. Oh, good. Well, mainly because of him. Yeah. Oh, no, it's nice. I used to not want to have anyone have that input. Me too. But now I'm just like, I welcome it. I wish someone else would, mm -hmm. you know, give as much input as possible. Yeah. Just, you know, maybe I'm more receptive to it now. You know, just. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's age or it's just or whatever it is. Like I just, I'm far, I'm far more relaxed taking criticism than I ever was in my life. I'm just like, yeah. I'm not perfect, and I know that I'm especially not the greatest musician in the world, so easily be like, yeah, I didn't do that well. And someone could have ideas you would not have thought of on your own. It's just nice to have. It's like, to, why not make it the best it can be? You know, mm -hmm. if someone else is hearing something. It's like, oh, yeah. Especially, yeah, objectively. Yeah. Do you all have that, you think, between the four of you? Do you is there a lot of that criticism or, or, or opposite, like kind of? Rah rah! You did a great job. Oh uh, no! I think we we all give it like, I think for the whole entire history of playing, um, I've well, I feel like I'm always learning, or you know, I need to know what somebody else wants or hears, especially if they wrote the song. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me what you want me to play, kind of thing, because I'm not, I may not come up. I don't think that I will come up with the best idea. It's like I feel like it takes everybody to give input. When people say, oh, it's fine, I'm like, no. <laughs> just, but is it? Yeah. I'm like, there's going to be something better, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think the challenge is when it's a part that I can't figure out in the moment. It can be really frustrating. Then I'm like, ah, you know. Sometimes I need to literally go home, sleep on it, let it digest into my brain, and then I can execute an idea. But most of the time, it's... Um, I feel like I'm always learning, and especially because I feel like all the things that are outside of my head are only going to make the song or the part better. Because mm -hmm. um, I definitely never felt like I, I know, know what I'm doing. Has that always been the way you've, been, you've done it? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not a jerk and resistant to things <laughs> sometimes, but it's usually my own like limitations that, that bring that out to me. Mm -hmm. like the, just like, I can't figure that out right now, or, you know... But that's when I'm like, trust me, next practice I'll have it all sorted out, you know. See, that's great because I think throughout my whole musical, whatever you want to call it, uh, I've definitely earlier on was just like, all right, I wrote the part, that's how it is. I'm not yeah. gonna fucking change it. Mm -hmm. Now it morphs and grows over time, mm -hmm. and it definitely has in the last like ten years. Mm -hmm. But at one time I was like, no, that's the way I wrote it. That's yeah. it. Which kind of is a bullshit. So is, are you writing most of the material, or...? Oh, uh, we, we've written stuff together. I write some stuff on my own. It's just, it's a mix. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice having Adam in the band. He brings stuff, which is great. It's like, and he has input on songs, and, and just, he hears things differently, which is, you know, he come, he's coming from a different perspective, and it's been such a pleasure having that input. And, uh, yeah, he, there's a song where he, you know, wrote most of the riffs for it or pretty much the parts and then FTV. Yeah. <laughs> it's a temporary title, FTV. Yeah. It's, it's, it was, yeah, forget it. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, that's, we call it, first called it the Adam song for a long time because it was his thing. It took us a long, it took me because 
you know, sometimes I'm writing the guitar parts and the vocals together. Um, it took me quite some time to try to sort out, okay, how do I navigate around that, come up with a, a guitar part that I can sing and play to. Mm. And uh, that one took a long time. It was a struggle at first, but now it's like one of our favorite songs to play. And, and um, But yeah, that was one that he... Has the music changed because Adam's in the band now? Yeah, it's louder. I was just going to say, is it heavier? It's more rock, I would say. But um, there's a bit still... I mean, we've all... I've always played rock. Ale's always played rock. Terry's always played rock. So it's not like it's a a stretch. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just... We don't want to play the same thing all the time either. We don't want to be... You know, we have energy that we want to... We have angst. We have angst that we still <laughs> still have angst, yeah. you know? More. Forever. Probably more, more angst yeah. now than ever, you know? I feel like I have more to scream about now than <laughs> ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. For other people, it might be the opposite, but I just, yeah. There's certainly a lot to be pissed off about. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, shit. Damn it, I had a question. Uh, fuck. I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> um, what are you doing? I'm just curious. What am I doing? Yeah, musically. Ah, uh, nothing important. <laughs> it's all important, yeah. you know. It's impo- That's one thing. Also, it's like you know, having spent some time recently with some just really good just musician friends, and it's like having music is just an important part of life. And I mm-hmm. feel like don't say it's nothing because it's not. It's something. It's something that you do because you want to do it. Well, that's something that I've I've talked about in this thing to other people too like people who have just like for us three music is intrinsically going to be a part of our life hopefully forever but there are people I've talked to who at one point just cut it out like Scott Mm -hmm. Scott just needed to do something else he did it and Scott and like the music was kind of just like a a pastime for him Mm -hmm. so when it was gone it didn't notice it like it didn't care Mm -hmm. so yeah I could never give it up, and uh, yeah, you say it's important, but like it's more. I, honestly, I, when I when I don't have a band anymore, I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, like if you didn't have this band, yeah. what would you do? You know, would you would you do go on to solo stuff? Would you go into another band? Would you start doing solo stuff? You know, probably need I just for sanity, like have to play in some, you know. Just whether it was Blues rock a to stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Play you know, it. a Star Is Born cover oh, band would be really yeah. hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I that song. should do that anyway. Uh, Who knows? Um, or carrying Adam's guitars on his solo projects. <laughs> just go on tour with yeah, Adam. Yeah, just to see the country, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? I would need to continue. Yeah. I mean, I think about that, you know. I, I, some way or another, try to improve my skills, you know, mm-hmm. try to play better, sing better, write better, you know, that, that's what I'm trying to do all the time, just be better. Yeah. yeah. Is it working out? I, I, you know, YouTube has been helpful, <laughs> yeah. to be honest, yeah. What? So you're actually going out and, like, learning... Well, funny thing is... Like, more music theory and shit? Uh, mm, better vocal technique. Okay. Um, just a funny thing happened. Um, we went... Had a little vacation, Terry and Adam and myself and my mom went to the vineyard. And uh, <laughs> Adam and I were like, oh, there's an open mic place at the music store. We're like, oh, let's do it. I'd never done an open mic in my life. I was and just, probably never thought you were going to do it. Never had any desire to really do that. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're in the vineyard. What's the big deal? It's like, you know, I hadn't been playing much at all. Just 
you know, just the songs that we've been working on, but not practicing like every day. Um, but I sort of figured, I know them, I can just play them. I might wrote the songs, I can just go and play them, no problem. Well, that was not the case at all. <laughs> just like, all of a sudden, I just, everything just, I blanked, I forgot what I was doing. Um, and I just felt like, you know what, I didn't freaking practice. I should practice. Mm. I should get better at this. If I'm gonna, you know, she was I'm great, like, by the way. Despite her experience. So many false starts. I'm like, what? My hand so is just that going that in the wrong place. Yeah. So, um, anyway. They're all originals, right? Yeah. Yeah, what I did. I just only did two. Um, and then, um, and Adam even joined me for one. So, after that, it just, it was like a kick in the ass. And I decided I'm going to practice every day since, and I have been practicing since I came, since June, I've been playing every day. I only took three days off when we came back from our trip. Yeah. I took, like, you know, that day I didn't play the day after and those three days I didn't play but I've been trying to play every day since what do you play do you just play songs or you just you just like run yeah, scales or well, stuff like that like, no just our, our songs just yeah. trying to play them better and then also I have a bunch of like if I come up with fragments or ideas I try to work on those mm-hmm. new song how long do you do it a day um a couple hours and vocals too I do vocals actually well, there's so much TV to watch. <laughs> well, that's, that's the good thing about YouTube. I can just play it on my TV, so it's like watching TV. So no, there's also I want to make sure I do like vocal exercises. And, um, something I just took for granted. I was like, eh, you know, I, I'm saying okay, I can do that. But now I'm like learning stuff. I'm like, oh, had I known this all these years, I could have been, you know, just singing better. Did you do you ever go? Do you ever go to lessons for singing? Just when I was much I mean just like in my teens and I just took a couple and I would do those warm ups like from time to time like on tour and you know just when no one was around <laughs> um, but and it probably helped a little but now I'm realizing you know we have to do this you know it's like the one teacher on YouTube that I've been watching she's like you know a, a dancer just doesn't go and go dance on stage they have to warm up you know that's true it's, unless you're my mother <laughs> she's a dancer that will go dance I don't know a lot of people who have just natural talent to go out and just can play. Yeah, I, I mean, very few people. Yeah. And those are the people that like hate what they do. Like, they <laughs> right. Right. Do it. They're reluctant. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. My sister, who's an incredible like artist, like cheap drawing, she'll mail you a birthday card. It's the most you know immaculate uh, handwriting, effortless. Like, and she just, but she's she doesn't use that in her you know livelihood or anything. She should. She could. Yeah. But she doesn't have the passion for it. Right. It just comes so naturally. But Maria's always been the driven, straight-A student. You know, I've been more like, you know, the she's the overachiever, I'm the underachiever. It probably shows it. That's not true at all. I don't think that that's true. No. I mean, I don't know you incredibly well. Right, right, right. I've known you for a little bit off here and there. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's a hard worker. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of that company over there wouldn't exist if it weren't for you. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I'm no, once I, when I feel confident in what I'm doing, I'm very driven. Mm-hmm. When I'm, you know, I tend to shy away from things that, you know, I might not do well at. But that's what was great about Maria kind of encouraging me to do drums and because I wanted to since second grade. So, I mean, without her, I probably, no, seriously, still be playing clarinet. <laughs> Just kidding. Where do you play clarinet, I wonder? Um, Yeah. Good question. Polka band? Yeah. Polka. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, so, 
I know what you do now. Yeah. What do you do? I do jewelry photography. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's Interesting. Just, it's a random... Did you go to school for photography? I did not. All right. No, YouTube. I, I YouTube again. <laughs> swear to God. No, um, I, you know, in high school I had a class with and I fell in love with it then, but never thought I would actually do anything with it. I did video for a while. I did video production and then commercials for Channel 7. I worked for Channel 7 for a while. 27. Um, and Channel 27 is in Shrewsbury um, back a long time ago. But, um, and that's where I learned how to do production. Um, and it was fun working at a TV station. TV station. Um, but then it was bought out by another bigger company and was, it just became like not something I wanted to do with my life. And I didn't want to be like, you know, having to be called in, you know, when I'm having my off time to go in and do this emergency thing because there's been some tragedy and I have to do this. Yeah. And I just was like, I can't do that. So that's when they were with Dirt Merchants. So it was kind of good timing. Yeah, it was good timing. I left there. I did freelance work for a while, um, doing more video stuff. And then I continued freelance up until two years ago. And I was like, I don't want to lug video equipment around anymore. It just doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. So I was like, what else can I do with these sort of similar skills? And um, I came across this opportunity and had to learn some new photography skills. It's a lot different than video. Um, there's some video involved in my job, but it's mostly still. And just trying to be creative. You know, being creative part is the, is the technical stuff I was able to get through. I was yeah. able to learn that. Being creative on a daily basis, that can be the challenge. But... It's um, but it's interesting. It keeps it interesting. So, mm. and they're nice people that I work with. So, super cool, nice people. Seems pretty specific. Yeah, very. it's very specific. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there doing it two years though now. So That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Do you like it? I do. Yeah. I yeah. I feel fortunate to have found something that is something I can do and enjoy and be creative and it's, you know, a good vibe, good people. That's Every time hard. I go to Cape Cod um, with my mom, or what, my mom's like, we need to find a rock or a piece of bark, or yeah, I know it's true for her photographer photographing jewelry. So yeah, I find just trying to find found objects that might look nice against a piece of shiny new. You know, for sure, people love that rustic stuff. Yeah, yeah. You get a, you guys could do a collaboration. Yeah, I can make it. I have made like panels for people who were doing photography. Oh really? Yeah, like uh, either like. Wedding photography, or oh, yeah, um, nice. yeah, I think I even did some some jewelry, uh, uh, some a panel, just like a wood panel for someone who was like shooting uh, jewelry, their own jewelry. I mean, stuff that they had made mm. for Etsy or something. Mm -hmm. like that, so, um, are you still recording? Because it looks like it might. Oh, it stopped. Okay, it might stop. Added note to this episode, uh, I was still trying to figure out the recording process, um, and I made a mistake, fucked up, and ended this a little early. So it's a little abrupt. Keep that in mind. I apologize for that, and I apologize to Marie and Terry uh, for uh, maybe cutting it a little short. Thanks for listening.